This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Coventry game. We're going to look ahead. Uh, sorry, look back at that Burnley match as well. Uh, we'll look ahead to our game against Hull. Um, and throughout the show, we'll be covering all correspondence and, and round up at the end of the show as well. Uh, we should finish around nine o'clock if all goes well, but you never know with us. Um, we'll have a little bit of a chat later on to Furhad about the CPFC accounts that were released as well. The headline being the five billion pound loss. We'll have a Furhad being an accountant and and you know whole radio co-presenter. He um, he has a bit of information on that for us. Hopefully, clear, clear a few things up. Uh, we'll also go through a few sort of key topics um, before we get started on the reviews in a, in a few minutes. Obviously, contact details today. You can get hold of us on Twitter, twitter.com forward slash whole radio. Include at whole radio with your message. And John Burgess is manning the account at the moment um, and smashing a keyboard by the sounds of things. Um, we're also on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash whole radio. You can message us there. Uh, I think Aaron's looking after things in the chat room. That's wholeradio.net forward slash chat. Uh, you can call us at any point, 0208-123-1646, and hopefully I'll realise an answer. Uh, and also email, radio at homesdale.net. Like I say, we'll try and get through absolutely everything we do receive, but it's unlikely we will. Um, okay. Uh, and I've also got, lol, how much are we paying Calvin? I don't know what that is. Um, Z, what did I say about using the chat during the show, John? It, it, was, an important, it was an important point. Are you sure? Are you sure? Is the important yeah, point? you did. You did announce uh, five billion losses. Did I say five billion? Yeah, so I was sure? a little concerned as to how much we are paying Calvin Andrew. Yeah, I think I've probably said that wrong, haven't I? Well, I since I've... errors have been made, mate. Yeah, errors have been made. Well, he's worth every penny. Um, <laughs> okay, well, since you've started talking, let's let's have a little bit of a catch up. What the hell have you been up to? Well, I, I did have a, a near career-ending uh, loss of equipment. Yeah. Yeah, and that was uh, that was your your reliable laptop from before, wasn't it? But you're sounding all right today. A little bit, a little bit windy. It sounds there, but yeah. it's a little bit far away. Unfortunately, the the mic is sitting right next to a fan. Ah, that's good news. And the problem being that they're both built into this laptop. <laughs> Fair enough, mate. Well, um, yeah. You, so obviously, it's been it's been must be weeks weeks since we've heard from you. It's um, been months. Months, maybe. Yeah. I don't think I've done a show this year. 
Have you really not? Mm-hmm. I, I really think the last one I did was in December. So, uh, well, I suppose there's a good chance to ask if you're happy with all things Palace at the moment. Meh. <laughs> <laughs> They're up there. I sum up three months. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, it's so, been a while, isn't it? It's been a while. Yeah, it's been. Yeah, it's been mildly entertaining. People have heard heard my rants. Uh, rants obviously on Palace Radio still. So, mm, of course. Um, I, I still have vented my anger. I haven't been sitting in a corner just slowly building rage and then diffusing <laughs> and then building further rage. <laughs> Well, that's good news. Um, okay, look, we don't want to leave it too much longer because we've got Fart! Zaidi! And, um... Winning. Yeah, winning. Uh, so that means we'll probably have to shift things about a little bit, but first we'll just have a quick chat with Aaron. Hi, Aaron. Hello, my brother from another mother. Oh, I don't understand that at all. See, that was a mistake, <laughs> wasn't it, in going to Aaron there? What I should have done was... was cut your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Anyway, well, it's good to hear from you. Um, obviously, you haven't didn't get yourself to those games, but you got some questions for me, ready, haven't you? I have, because let's face it, you couldn't really remember much from what I heard. Uh, yeah. Well, well, we'll touch on that later on. <coughs> you shall. It was uh, another quality away day, I have to say, on, on Saturday, and uh, it, was, it wasn't too bad a trip on uh, to Coventry on Tuesday as well. But we'll cover those little bits and pieces in a moment. Um, okay. Well, let's let's actually just instead of. Instead of talking about Palace on Tour Day, which we will do afterwards, I'm just going uh, to get hold of our good friend Furhad. And what we're going to do, we're just going to talk about the Croydon Guardian uh, headline, which basically said that we... Um, hmm, I'm, I'm stalling for time trying to work out where the invite to conference has gone. Anyone? Anyone? Anyone know? Anyone know? No, I don't no know. No idea. It's in the post, Chris. It's in the post, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> No, I mean Furhad. Whenever I work out how to call him, he's going to um, is definitely he's going to join the conversation. Um, this is quite traumatic. It was there earlier on. What do you reckon? Radio gold. <laughs> <laughs> have to make a blooper show well, um, or something, isn't it? It's going to be brilliant. <laughs> yeah, that's called every show, mate. Yeah, I, it's really quite disturbing. I just yeah yeah. I tell you what, we're going to have while I'm working out how to do that, we're going to have a little bit of a chat about uh, Wolf Zaha first which is one of the topics we've picked up on. That's a bit of a shame. While, I, while I'm working that out, I'm going to get some opinions on this subject. The, the, the idea of the, the thread that was on hold was whether or not uh, Zaha should be seen as a striker or a winger. And, gentlemen, I'm going to hand over to you to discuss that immediately. Um, starting with you, John, what do you see Wilf as, uh, striker or winger? Now or, or in the future? Well, that's, that's for you to... Um, okay, well, currently... Right, found the currently button, he's... Up, you do it. Currently, he's an attacking winger. He's a very, very attacking winger. I don't think he's got the maturity yet to to fully be a an upfront striker. Although I would like to see him tested there. I think ultimately he's got to be a he's got to be a front player. He's yeah. got the ability to buy a yard of space, which is what is the key for any striker: is the ability to buy a yard. He's got the pace to trouble defenders. There's no way he's going to be anything else other than other than a, a main striker. I think. Yeah. Well, I mean, the, 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 I can see why he ends up in that position because obviously the tricks get you that bit of space out wide. But is, everyone, I mean, talks about final ball, and, and at that age, it's difficult to be too critical. But and that's certainly improving with him. But I know from from talking to him at last year's Player of the Year, obviously he sees himself as a, as a striker, and he sees himself in that kind of on the shoulder of the last defender role. Which I don't. I'd be quite interested to see that happening. Um, Aaron, have you got any sort of further thoughts on that? Yeah, I, I think I agree with John. He's definitely an attacking winger at this stage of his career. I don't, I don't think if he played in the middle, he would be able to buy as much space as he can on the wing. Because let's face it, if he goes past a defender, he's got miles to get the ball in, which he's still working on. Further into his career, I think he can develop to be a striker as long as he 
matures more and of course he will develop more but for now definitely an attacking winger yeah. because we need to use that absolutely good stuff alright well I've managed to with my brilliant stalling for time that no one noticed at all there brilliant um, I've managed to add Furhad to the conversation now hello Furhad hi Chris hello Homethal Radio hey Furhad it's so hello. hello guys <laughs> Well, well done for welcoming Ferhad brilliantly, chaps. It's um, yeah, it's just great to have you all on board. <clears throat> okay, so Ferhad, without going, uh, we, well, we've sort of agreed on on our, our route of attack for this conversation. So I'll start with that. Really, the Croydon Guardian posted uh, uh, an article that said um, that uh, Crystal Palace have posted losses of five million pounds uh, in their last accounts. Yeah. So, I mean, is that reality? Is that what's happened? Um, yes and no. Obviously, you know, bottom line, uh, if you look at the accounts, it will show a 5.2 million loss. Now, now the, the figures that I'm quoting are from the CPFC 2010 limited accounts uh, for the period ended 30th of June 2011. Um, of that 5.2 million, Chris, uh, there's a 4.3 million is uh, goodwill impairment. Oh, okay. What is goodwill impairment? Well, when ordinarily, when one business buys another business, um, they make a payment towards some of their intangible assets. Now, without going into too much technical mm. detail, intangible assets include software, licenses, trademarks, but more relevant to Palace, not only the trademarks, but, you know, the season ticket database. So mm. all of this has a value and CPFC 2010 have gone out, purchased this, and uh, they've purchased it for eight million odd. All right. So effectively, it's kind of like the essence of the club without being anything you can physically go out and touch. It's kind of yeah, so, exactly that. And, and, yeah. and I suppose good goodwill on that basis. It's it's the ability for people that people are going to come and you know continue to pay to watch Crystal Palace play and continue to buy things from the club shop and all that sort of stuff. That's kind of it's like the inherent value of the club, if you like. Exactly right. So, you know, it's uh, it's the database, it's the inherent value of the club, like you say, and on an annual basis, the accountants will come in for their audit and they'll look at it and they'll go, well, is this relevant? Doing Is this value too high? They will look at, they'll benchmark the club against other clubs mm-hmm. and uh, make the value of the goodwill what it should be. And they've so basically what's happened in this set of accounts is, is CPFC 2010 have written off a value of 4.3 million of that. Correct. Yeah. That's correct. So, so, they, yeah, so they've effectively reduced the, the intangible assets of the club. So if of a £5 million pound loss, £5.2 million pound loss, 4.3 of it is, is a write-off of, of goodwill and, um, yeah, like I say, the, the inherent value of the club. So that, so that in, it, in essence, points to not too bad a set of results considering the circumstances of that 12-month period. Um, can yeah. I ask uh, what, what, obviously what the 12-month period was and, and whether, how, you, how you view those results? Yep. Uh, well, the, the, it's not an actual – usual accounts are a 12-month period. With these accounts, they are from the 1st of June to the 30th of June 2011. So that's 1st June 10 to right. 30th of June 2011. So it's a 13-month uh, period of accounts. Yeah. Um, yeah, we talked about the 4.3 million. I, I think the, the, the key indicator that I look at is the operating loss for the, for the period, mm. and that's 1.5 million. Now, given that CPFC 2010 have come in, they've got you know they've they've no they've got 
their own experience running businesses, but they've never run a football club. Mm. And if you consider that, you know, a 1.5 million operating loss isn't bad at all. You know, mm. it, it, they, they've come into a precarious situation. They've had to run with existing contracts, suppliers. And I think over the course of the, the period, they, they probably felt, you know, there's cost savings to be made here, there. Mm. Um, Looking at other things, you know, they've they've invested in the stadium. You know, yes. they've refurbed the executive boxes. Uh, we've got Speroni's restaurant now. Mm. Um, we've got Palace Ale, which is doing tremendously well by by all accounts. Um, so so we're we're hoping that looking for looking to the future, the club will start to to turn that loss into a small profit and build from there. I, I just want to perhaps highlight the fact that these are the the, the first set of accounts. We yeah. haven't got anything to compare them to, but you know, don't be don't be disheartened if if we make a loss in the next set of accounts. What you want to see is a gradual improvement, mm. and as long as we're seeing that gradual improvement, things will get better. Okay, I think that's fair. That, well, that's brilliant summary for her. thanks. Um, the reason we we sort of approach the subject is oh. You know, you, you see these headlines come out, and you see sudden Palace lose five million pounds, and all of a sudden people start getting nervous again. And and I know a lot of people were comment commenting on the BBS and the Homestead were saying that obviously we now we've got these these owners who, who you know majority of whom are sort of accessible people, and we know they're just fans just like us. You know, we talk to them, we see them at games, all that sort of thing. And you suddenly think that this this you know this headline figure, this five million pound, that's coming out of their pockets, and a lot of people were expressing that they were a little bit, um, you know, a little bit perturbed to hear that. And I think it's it's important that obviously we we deal with reality, and we deal that there is actually you know the the losses have it's still a loss, it's still ultimately a loss making football club, and it's still obviously more money than than the guys would have wanted to spend, but perhaps. It's a little bit panic-inducing to see a headline that we're losing five million pounds. I guess it's really the point I wanted to make on that. Um, so, I mean, you're you're encouraged, are you, Furhead? Um, sorry, yeah, you want to make one final point? Yeah, no, I'm definitely encouraged for the future. Obviously, you've got four separate owners that are part of this mm. business, you know. So the risk is diversified between four different people. So there's lower risk, so to speak. Um, the one final point, Chris, that I'd like to make is that um, I think. With the financial fair play rules that are coming into play by uh, UEFA, mm. um, I think as a club we're we're ready for it. You know, over the past since CPC 2010 have taken over, they've been extremely prudent. You know, they've they've said no more one million pound purchases of players. You know, we're we're literally we're going to get value for money. Mm. And I think when the financial fair play regs come into play. Um, we will be so ready for it, whereas perhaps other clubs might not be. Oh, that's a very good point. Chance to kind of steal an advantage, if you like, by getting our, exactly. our house in order first. I know a lot of us talked about that at the time when we went into administration. That obviously we didn't we didn't want to get things to get that close um, to, to the club going out of existence. But if it was going to happen, it was nice to have. I'd say nice is a real, really poor way of putting it, but it was good to get it out out, out the way when a lot of clubs are still facing incredibly trying circumstances even the likes of Birmingham you know West Ham have got a huge debt you've got um, obviously the troubles at Portsmouth and you see further down the leagues as Port Vale or 
are looking dodgy. So it's, it's yeah, in a way, we're we're probably the healthiest we've been in a very long time, I'd say. So yeah. Okay, Ferd, thank you very much for your time, mate. Great to hear thank from you, you uh, again. Obviously, um, yeah, continue your great work with the trust. Hopefully, hopefully, you guys at the trust will have some information to give us soon on on the old training ground situation and all that stuff. So be good to hear from you then, mate. Thanks for having me on, Chris. Cheers, buddy. Speak to you soon. Bye-bye. Bye. Okay. Well, there we go, chaps. Um, hope, I know not a, not a particularly detailed analysis of what's happening there, but hopefully just gives you a little bit of a taster of what's being talked about on, on both mess sets, message, message boards with what is actually uh, going on with those accounts. And certainly be interesting to see the next set. <clears throat> it absolutely will be. I think it's quite an interesting uh, sort of similarities between what's going on off, off the field and on the field, we're both we're all just looking for just a gradual improvement. I think is the mm. is the best way to look at it. And say with the accounts, as Fred was saying, we might not make a profit next year or in the next twelve months reports, but you want to reduce that that loss. Mm, absolutely. I just got to get your opinion on this, guys. It's just a little thing that occurred to me when they when they accounts first came out. It's not that long ago that I mean people might privately have looked at those accounts, but you wouldn't. You wouldn't get fans wanting that much detail and, and looking. I mean, should a football supporter really be looking at a club's accounts in, and, and talking about who's spent what on it and all that and how payments have been structured and all that sort of stuff? I kind of felt a little bit, it felt a little bit hollow to me to, to have people going into so much analysis. Um, I don't, if, don't know if you get what I mean. I mean, Aaron, do you mean, is, does it something that interests you? Um, I think it's it's might have more to do with. Steve um, <clears throat> FC 2010 wanted to be giving the fans to be more involved with the club. Mm. I think every fan wants to know on a certain level how well their club's doing in terms of financial wise because you don't want to end up as a team who's, take Pompey for example, I mean what they're going through is horrible. Yeah. I think at the end of the day, the fans just want to know are we making a profit, which is very rare in football mm. now, or are we making a loss, how we're doing. And it is definitely an improvement considering what we've been through. And, as far as as long as there's a gradual improvement, things will get better. I mean, what about yourself, John? Do you think it's right for supporters to be sort of going into this much detail on a set of accounts? Well, I don't think you can say anything's right or wrong. I think the history of, especially the recent history of our club, has meant that unfortunately we spent much more time looking at things like where money's gone mm. um, than we than we should have. Yeah, and I think it's going to be an increasing part of football football supporting over the coming years as you say with even clubs like Port Vale Rangers Portsmouth mm. Birmingham and all these clubs are up the, up the spout really aren't they yeah. financially and yeah. Coventry as well yeah but, um, absolutely you know I think as, as a supporter and you're spending a lot of money nowadays on going to football and it's a really mm. big part of many fans lives is yeah. is the football but you want to you want to know that your club's in safe hands yeah, I, I take the point, and it, it, obviously it's something that people emo well, say people, all of us emotionally invest in, so that I can understand the the sort of the, the desire to look at every piece of information out there. It just it just struck me as quite a, a bit odd when you can, if you were to take the emotion out of it and you compare it to, you know, to anything you buy, if you sort of you don't you don't tend to sort of go down the shops and check, you know, I want to get I don't know a, a drink from W H Smith. I just check how they're doing on the you know their their last set of accounts. It's, it's not the emotional I mean. attachment yeah, yeah. to WH Smith, is it? Well, I like <laughs> it. Look at how much of a heart wrangling we went through yeah. uh, in 2010. No, I've, no, actually, I'll take the point. It's, I'm just, yeah, I'm just trying to 
Uh, just, like say, you feel like it's part of your family. Yeah. If you're a big yeah. Palace fan, if you're a big football fan, it's part of your family, it's part of your life, it affects your mood, it affects everything. And uh, I can vouch for that. And so you want to make sure, it's like, would you look after your own accounts? Of course you would. Yeah. So you want to know that your club's in safe hands, especially as we've nearly lost it, and we came so close to losing it, and more than once. No, absolutely. No, I agree with that. Just uh, thought I'd introduce that angle, and it's, uh, no, well answered, well answered that point. Um, like I, said, I still think it's, um, potentially, I think it's a little odd that the amount of detail, but I think that's, you're right, football supporting is changing, and, and, you know, 20 years ago, we didn't have all this information at our fingertips, so I reckon similar things would have been going on. I, just, I think sometime, someday, sometimes, you kind of like, you're relying on the person looking at this information to, to fully comprehend what it means. Uh, and you, I, what I don't wouldn't want to see is people getting freaked out or worried or even angry about something when they don't really understand it. They're just looking at some information. So I don't know. Thought was thought was an interesting point. I think we'll see more of that as um, as things progress. But yeah, definitely definitely a, a part of supporting a club nowadays is the amount of information you get is is very much on the increase. Mm. All right. Well, uh, one one last little bit I wanted to dwell on before we review the game, which we're not doing too well. We're actually on time until I do this bit and ruin everything. Um, no, Chris. No. Good I, I don't want to go into a huge amount of detail. Fortunately, good. So <laughs> good. Yeah. No, no, Mark. Then <laughs> we were linked. We've been linked today. Uh, well, the rumor appeared on the BBS. I think from uh, well, a person who had viewed it on the Portsmouth forum, apparently reputable source, that we've been linked with a loan move for Joel Ward. Now, now, Joel Ward is, uh, I think he's 22, um, started life as a centre-back, can play a right-back, can play defensive midfield, and is currently apparently playing as an advanced midfielder. So a very versatile player, sort of big physical presence, and, and very highly rated. And, and what I was reading by the Portsmouth fans, some of them think he'll, he's got an international future for England and all that sort of stuff. So an interesting uh, potential signing there. Don't know how much truth there is in it. Um, I know he turned down a move to Ipswich and before Portsmouth went into administration so obviously understandable yeah understandable um and yeah so I mean we're now in this this situation where there's a bit of a potential feeding frenzy as Portsmouth look to cut costs it's a bit distasteful but I don't want to dwell on that part of it things have got to happen unfortunately hey come on I've heard this so many times right people did not care one bit when it was Palace in that situation and you know we had to get rid of players like Fonte and Moses you know and then we had people like QPR sniffing around players like uh, Hill and Derry so you know what goes around comes around is where I look at it Okay, mm-hmm. like I say, I, I personally, I'm not going to dwell on that. I, I mean, I can see what the point is, but yeah, I think, I think, if anything, taking a, a Portsmouth player on loan now is 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 doing them a favour because they need to cut costs and save money. So, and certainly, if we're looking to to sign someone like him on a permanent basis. It's a good job to get him in on loan now. Um, sounds sounds to me like he's very much occupies similar positions to. Um, to Alex Marrow there, so I'm not sure what his future is. Um, anyway, I, well, I don't know. I don't know if you guys know anything about him, but I'd probably probably let's move on, really, um, considering the time. But uh, interesting stuff. So we'll keep we'll keep our eyes on that one. Okay, let's talk about Coventry. Uh, neither of you gentlemen were at the game, but I'll give us a little bit of a breakdown of what of what went on. I've, um, yeah, I just, obviously, the, one of the, the first things really to sort of think about is um, expectation before the game. We all kind of thought we'd, uh, oh, 
God. Um, well, apparently... I can't... I can't hear anyone else, which is quite perturbing. John Burgess has now disappeared. Uh, um, interesting. Uh, uh, let's... Um, <laughs> the person whom you're trying to reach uh, drinking, smoking, gambling, and then um, drinking, smoking, gambling, and then um, drinking, smoking, gambling. Hello. Can you hear me, Mikey? Um, right, gentlemen, I think, we, Mikey, you need to restart us on the stream. I've lo I lost, I was live, apparently. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Hello, John. Hello, Aaron. 
Hello. Oh my god. I, I have to apologize. That was my BT Infinity Internet. That's BT Infinity Internet. Never get never And get. it's finite broadcasting powers. Yes. <laughs> uh, it's absolutely unbelievable. Sorry, ladies and gentlemen. Um and sorry, Chris Kamara. You know, I've honestly got no idea where we got up to. So if um if Nick Nick, you're listening. If you could um, tell me w- which point I just completely disappeared, whether I'd actually started reviewing the Coventry game at all, that'd be brilliant. But in in the meantime, I would just yeah, I would like I've to some tweets. Yeah, I'd like to emphasise my apologies for that ludicrous thing. You got some tweets? You go ahead. Okay, we got one from Lee Ward. Uh, that's at Lee eighty six CPFC. Says time to listen to a bit of whole radio. Good luck with that. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. We got <laughs> one from Richard Green. <laughs> Um, and he says, at Hole Radio, welcome back, Burge. Hashtag legend. Oh, right. my God. Oh, no, amazing stuff. Uh, Will, Will Gain, that's at Big Wagley <laughs> Style, says, would stick Wolf up front, um, up with Murray for a change. Uh, I think he's got a lot more goals. Also looking forward to seeing Appiah uh, in the team, as well as the second coming of Johnny Esther. Mm. He is incredible. Okay. Yeah. We had Brad Cab who says, many thanks and all the best. I never managed to listen live. Well, enjoy <laughs> on your podcast. Oh, I tell you, you're, you're going to thoroughly, and if you, you know, if, well, I'm hopefully well, this would have recorded. Um, I'm, I'm being told that, uh, hang on, I'm being told that, um, that, that it was comedy gold, according to Nick Gusset. I don't know if he feels that that was the case. I'm not, I didn't find it so funny, but, um, you know what? Let's let's just just start again with the uh, Coventry review. I don't want to say I don't want to go into a tremendous amount of detail because I think some of that was broadcasting. So I'm going to skip skip through it. Okay, um, line up. Uh, Garvin retained his place, which was the sort of major talking point. Um, uh, Jermaine Easter preferred to Glenn Murray. Um, the attendance is probably a good thing to talk about. Actually, it was absolutely shocking. Announced at twelve thousand. If anyone saw my picture tweeted from the game. Seven, eight thousand, maybe there. Absolutely disgusting it was, and that's not a criticism. It's it's very, very harsh on uh, on Coventry fans, but uh, you know it's not a great situation that they find themselves in at the moment. But it's just interesting to see just how far things have got. Uh, John, do any of those twi- tweets relate to the Coventry game, or should we pick them up a bit later on? Uh, do them anyway. Well, one actually does. It says I travelled up to Coventry and was slightly disappointed that after scoring after four minutes that we didn't push on. Um, instead, we're lucky to come away with a draw. And that's from, uh, that's from Lee Ward again. Uh, someone says, what's going on? We'll gain if we knew. Right, we, you would be the first to know. We have no idea what's going on here. <laughs> um, and Richard Green again says, going back to your previous point about um, the Joel Ward from Portsmouth. Yes, that's right. Yeah. There's, uh, can't see the point in loaning in more players unless we're looking to buy them as our season comes to an end. Unnecessary wages. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah, it's a fair point in some ways, but I'd point to the fact that, um, well, basically speaking, you would, you would, you, if you're looking to sign a player the following season, or you're looking to build a squad, um, or you're, you're thinking that maybe we've got some sort of a late charge for these playoffs, uh, you would think it, it's kind of like it's full. There's no, there's no point in blocking the the way f- to the squad for our young players, and there's no point spending money uh, for no good reason, but. I, I just think I just think it's, it's planning. I think he's planning ahead. I think Joel Ward is a highly rated player, uh, and I would assume that there is some degree of um, 
a forethought, a thought or, or planning going on rather than just signing him for the sake of it. That's just my personal opinion. I uh, don't know if you feel the same, Aaron. I was just busy picking up on something we've got in the chat room here, Chris. <laughs> okay, what's going on in there? Anything exciting? Well, uh, Cyril Filler, although he doesn't have Twitter, he would like me to give a shout-out saying that Lee Ward is a total beep. Oh, that's, that's his opinions on uh, Lee Ward. That seems mm-hmm. unfair. Don't be around to I'm not going to come to you again, Aaron. If you're gonna no, you shouldn't do. I'm just going to bring down stuff like that. Um, okay, no, I think, I think Lee Strike is a very Aaron. sensible young man who uh, listens to whole radio. He is. He's a, he's a good listener. Just see he's got a great profile picture there. on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> with Always. at Amy L. Oh, nice. Winning. Winning. <laughs> okay, let's return to the the Coventry review of sorts. Um, I think uh, what would I mean? Everyone's you know probably seen the highlights by now. Everyone knows what happened. Uh, it was one all. We when we scored very very early on from um, for the Ambrose penalty. Uh, I think the the foul on Easter. There was a bit of confusion between the ref and the linesman. The ref initially gave the the contact the free kick for the contact outside the box. Uh, linesman overruled. Quite right as well. It was penalty. Once that went in, there was a sort of 15 to 20 minute spell where I honestly I tweeted at the time I thought it was going to be a cricket score. It was absolutely ludicrous uh, just how much better we were than them. They looked devoid of confidence. They looked like they were there for the absolute hammering. But credit to, to the team and to their manager, Andy Thorne, they got themselves well and truly up for it and back in the game. Um, and really, when they scored, we, we'd been asking for it. And, and, I, and I'll, I'll admit to to my usual positive frame of mind uh, uh, dissipated slightly. I was pretty angry that we'd um, we'd allowed that. I didn't really at the time. It was more frustration than it than anything. It was. You just think. I mean, we we were good enough to win that game. That's the truth of it. As a team, as a squad, we're good enough to go and, to have gone and won that game. Doesn't tell the whole story because Coventry are fighting for their lives at the moment, and for all we know, fighting for the very existence of their football club based on on the problems that they're having. But. Yeah, it was disappointing, and I think Wilf Wilf Zaha summed it up, and in that he was desperately unhappy with his own performance, um, and he was not not the only one, but he is so pivotal to our team at the moment uh, that for him to be having an off day when everyone else was having an off day, uh, it kind of just it kind of just left us um, left us struggling really. Uh, any particular questions occur to you, John? No. Well, it was more you know ha- I think Coventry is a good benchmark. Right for us because yeah. they they were doing pretty poorly and last season they weren't great either and it's the Rico is previously a ground that we'd never lost at and we lost there obviously two one twice last season how far honestly do you think we've come? Uh, yeah, it's a very good question, John. Uh, a very good point. Um, I I just think it's 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 difficult to measure when you're using a benchmark like that you can see that we're to walk away from that game disappointed and to you know and to to feel just you've actually in in many many ways that the, the guys let themselves down with not getting up to their usual level of, level of performance shows how far we've come did you think our tactics were 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 wrong this this is the the talking point and it will be forever a talking point um whether or not we sat back I think I think the 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 truth of it is that there was a degree of complacency. Um, Coventry in the early exchanges didn't offer a thing, and, and they looked like a team that were there to be beaten. So mm. I think I think a few of our team kind of took their foot off the gas once we scored, 
just thought we can coast this one out. And worst case, we can just see it out as a 1-0. So I, I think there's a case to say that the, the team probably, I would say, were definitely not told to do that. But I think mentally they allowed themselves to slip into the frame of mind where they would they would sort of just attack Coventry on you know with counterattacks. Yeah, it certainly seems yeah. to be very undougy like as a as a team, as a manager. He doesn't seem to let his players just 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 get complacent. Complacent isn't something he does. So it's um yeah, yeah I find that quite odd. But I'd say it wouldn't have come from that management. But um I think maybe that's a learning point for them. Yeah, I just think we've we've got yeah, exactly you're right, we've got to learn that lesson. And and the other thing that surprised me was it, it started happening to, towards the end of that first half, and and I expected, fully expected, a response in the in the second half. But the response was was from Coventry, who went on to, to pretty much dominate the the best of the attacking play anyway. And we, you know we're we're good at the bat, we're we're very good at the bat. But what we can't do is just keep on taking taking a battering. And I was like I say, we didn't have that out ball because Wilf wasn't firing all, all cylinders, and I think Scannell's had a calf injury and hasn't featured for a while. Uh, he's another good one to bring off the bench if we need a. Uh, Need an attacking threat. Um, obviously, Easter was pretty ineffective other than winning the penalty, um, and and I think that showed when he was uh, dropped for the following game. So, I mean, it's dis- there's, there's a lot a lot of disappointment and a lot of negativity around that result in some ways, and and it's certainly coming from myself as well. But I think it's perhaps a little unfair. I think that's an, again another marker of how far we've come that we're starting to get ourselves a little bit disappointed and down in, in games where we've actually battled all right, and, and you do have bad games. It's just the nature of football. Aaron, you wanted to make a point ages ago that I talked over. You did. Damn you, Chris Handling. Um, consistency for me is a key to a good season. And if you take a prime example, which is the West Ham game, where we upped our level and unfortunately didn't get the result we deserved. But I think we need to be upping our performances against the teams down in the bottom of the table as well. You can't be complacent, as we've said. Because those teams, they're, they're fine to stay in the league and they're all go and throw the kitchen sink at you for winning and it doesn't seem to me that there's been many times in a season where we have lost that concentration that you, you need to keep you know we've got our back four which is which is very good we've got a front two in, uh, in front of the four we just need to keep on pushing on you know what I'm no, saying yeah I, I do I do and, and I think you're you're shared by most of the most of the uh, the support at the moment it's I think we've just got to do things at the right time. It's, it's easy to get impatient. And, and as I said before, I, I found myself doing it recently. And it was similar at, at Burnley. I think if anyone was following the Homesdale account, there were mitigating circumstances in that I'm too yeah. drunk to remember most of the tweets <laughs> that, I, that I actually made. And I only read them back this morning. But there's, yeah, I was. <laughs> but but I, was, I was extremely frustrated in that, in that first half. And it's the same situation. You just think you just you want you want what you can see happening. You can see a, a team really starting to progress and starting to build and starting to be in a position where they can go and dominate games, which I haven't seen from a Palace side on a consistent basis for a long time. And I think we're now in that position where we can see it. It's just that little way off. And we're not quite ready yet. And the ball's just rolling now, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, absolutely. It's just starting to pick up pace. It's a matter of time, but I mean, realistically. Uh, this time next season, we might still be talking about the same sort of things. I think, mm. I think you know, we've, it's going to take time and it's going to take patience from the supporters and perhaps a little slap wrist for us all for getting a little bit ahead of ourselves. Um, all right, well, look, I mean, the only thing I wanted to sort of, to sort of really 
ask and I'll save the can we still make the playoffs questions, you know, can we improve kind of questions for, for after the Burnley game uh, review. So on that basis, when we played, um, when we played obviously uh, a, quite a tough game on the Saturday against Peterborough and we're playing Coventry on the Tuesday and we didn't really make any, oh, I don't think we maybe make one, I can't remember. Um, <laughs> but we basically, yeah, pretty much played the same side. Is do you think? I mean, personally, I, I would have liked to have seen us freshen that that side up. Certainly up front, um, I'd like to have seen a bit different. And and there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the Pro Pilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Perhaps give someone else. Well, O'Keefe played on um, on Saturday against Burnley. Maybe would have, might have been the right move to have put him in for uh, for Garvin against Coventry. So basically, on what a question I'm asking you guys is: Should we have freshened that team up? But considering how quickly the games were being played, um, Aaron first. Yeah, we're getting to the point in the season now where legs are starting to tire, and I think bringing in O'Keefe is um, a good measure on Saturday because I've seen him play occasionally. He does look very good. Almost a a Johnny Williams type player, which he'll, he'll run his nuts off for 90 minutes. Yeah. Not quite a technical ability, but yeah, yeah. Not, yeah, not quite technical, but he'll try his best and give a good performance. I think what Doogie's trying to look at is building strong partnerships. You know, you can take KG oh, and Yelinak. We, we have a call. Bear with me one second. I'm just going to do... Oh, it's gone. Oh. 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 Interrupted oh, no, my point is. for nothing. Hello, wait, hello, <laughs> hello, wait, wait, wait. Hello, caller. Hello. Hello, who's that? It's uh, Alan. Hello, Alan. Hello. Uh, I'd like. Yeah, cool. Sorry. I said I was about to say you're live, so off you go, mate. <laughs> Am I live? You are, yeah. Oh, brilliant! I believe that the media are saying how Leeds United will get into the uh, playoffs. Mm. Why can't Palace still do it? It's a very good question. Um, a good point. Their, their, their fixes aren't as hard as what them the other teams in the top six are. So why can't Palace make late charge? Um, I think. I think in well, personally, to to answer that question, I don't think it's completely beyond us. I think you're right in picking up that the Leeds are still being talked about as contenders, and I certainly think we're we're more contenders than they are. I, I would I'd go along with that, but I just think we've not really put con- a consistent um, number of wins together. We've ma- we're managing to stay unbeaten a lot. I think it's eight games in a row now, and we had a, we had a decent run like that earlier in the season. But we just draw too many games, in my view. We're not we're not. We're not likely, I think, personally, to, to go out and uh, and put some wins together. But, John, do you agree? Yeah, I don't know. I think um, a big part of Leeds is, and I, I don't think they'll make the playoffs Leeds, but um, I think it, it's the Neil Warnock factor. He's just he's just the kind of man that come in. They got rid of Grayson, bring in Warnock, and he's just that extra 
you know, shove of motivation. Which I, I think we're I think we're lacking at this stage in the season, and I don't think there's the, the hundred percent desire to get there this season. I think mm. we all realise it may be slightly too early for us. So, but if you look at the fixtures coming up, there's Hull at home, then Barnsley, then Derby, Doncaster, Forest, teams who you know not got a, overly a lot to play. Well, of course Hull have, but. Mm. Other te- you know, basically, the next sort of five games are all very winnable. Oh, absolutely, Alan. I, I completely agree, mate. But uh, I have to say, when, when I was looking at the fixtures two games ago, I I would have included the last two in that, and we've we've come out with one-one draws. I think Aaron, you were going to make that point if you wanted to continue my thought. <laughs> yeah, I will. As Alan just said, though, with all the, the fixtures we got coming up, I even listened was on the football league show today, and they were talking about Leicester having a possibility of making it, and they're mm. they're below us for a yeah, start. Yeah. But our fixtures definitely do point us in the right direction as we can make that late, late jump. Loads of teams have done it over the years. But it's we need to, again, keep the concentration and don't lose to the lower teams and beat the bigger ones. Mm. That's the key. Well, like, I think, though, sorry, Chris, if, if you look at where we are in the table, right, I would say where we are is about right for the team we've got. Really? And I think so. I think it is. I think we're a couple of players short of... That, that cutting edge that we need. I think if you looked at the start of the season, looked at the players that teams like Leicester have got, you'd say they should be higher than where they are. I think that's why you can talk about them in that sense. Again, I don't think they're going to make it, but you can see why there's the optimism there. Mm. And and it's a point that you made earlier, Aaron, was that consistency is the key to a good season, and we haven't had it. Mm. And yeah, those, those games where they almost should wins, we haven't quite mm-hmm. won enough of them. Well, Alan, clearly you're you're an optimistic man. You feel you feel it's a a chance there. Uh, do you do you re- do you, do you realistically see that we can we can do it, or do you just think it's a case that if other teams are being talked about, we should be as well? Well, probably not. But I think there's a good chance that at the end of the season, Paris will finish above Brighton because just I've just put up Brighton's fixtures now, and mm. they've got Birmingham to play, West Ham to play, Reading to play, Middlesbrough to play. Blackpool to play, so hopefully we can shut them up by the end of the season. I'll tell you that. I'll be honest with you, that would do me. Uh, we man. finish finish above Brighton. Absolutely, where, where, wherever wherever we end up, <laughs> as long as it's above them. I mean, we've already given them a fairly good. Uh, we say battering this this year, and, <laughs> and made them yeah made them see the error of their ways. Um, and I really, obviously, well, I think I can't wait for that to happen. I don't see them going anywhere, so I, I can't wait for that to happen again next year. So I'll be happy if we finish above them, but. I'm not going to cry my eyes out if we don't, but um, all right. Cheers, guys. Nice Bye-bye. one. Cheers, Cheers Alan. Alan. Appreciate no it. Worries. Thanks. Okay, well, if you want to call us like, like Alan did, and That's then um, it was a good call. Mm-hmm. Excellent, excellent stuff. Great question. Uh, feel free to do it yourselves, ladies and gentlemen. I may even be able to add, the, add you to the call myself without someone else having to do it, which <laughs> may have happened there. Um, <laughs> okay, fantastic. Well, look, let's... Um, we, we, well, I think we've we've done we've done reviewing the Coventry situation, um, and we pretty much ended up in the right position talking about whether or not uh, the playoffs are beyond us. So um, let's let's talk about um, about yesterday. Um, I did notice a tweet earlier on that said, "Am I sober enough from the Berlin game?" Uh, honestly, I'm fine now, but um, but my my recollection of the first half, my recollection of the first half will be a bit. Um, I mean, fortunately, the highlights mostly focused on the key moments in the first half, so it was good to be reminded <clears throat> of those. So, in, in terms of lineup, we didn't we saw Nathaniel Klein back, which was a surprise when I saw it on the highlights. Um, that was good news. 
Uh, and obviously, Glenn Murray uh, started up top. Um, Stuart O'Keefe came into the midfield uh, in place of Garvin, I think, I hope. Otherwise, I, ima- I imagined Owen Garvin not being there. Um, <laughs> so in, in terms... You should be forgiven for that, in fairness. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, bless. Um, Poor Owen Garvin. Like, OK, I mean, my, my, uh, my memory starts pretty much at the point where we conceded the penalty, and, I, and I've seen it back. So for, first thing, guys, we can talk about, hopefully you've seen the highlights as well uh, on the Football League show. The the penalty for Burnley came at the as a as a result of the um oh you haven't seen it John oh well uh, basically it was a, a bizarre pass back that Paul mm. Paul kind of got caught in possession didn't there wasn't really a challenge on him he just kind of span around one eighty degrees looked at Anthony Gardner then booted the ball into his legs for no real reason it was a I'm classic yeah, comedy quite sure what happened there really but um and then uh, and then obviously after that and he um. He chased down trying to make amends and um, pushed uh, Patterson in the back as, as McCarthy was coming across to, uh, to cover. No real need for the for the push, unfortunately. It wasn't really enough to, to push the player over, but he was just waiting for that contact. As soon as it came, it went straight to ground. And, and his legs are too tall. Too long. Too long. Say, I swear he's trying to pass it back to Speroni and his legs well, are just no, going away. No way. It wasn't Gardner, though, was it? Gardner just got hit with the ball. It was, it yeah, was yeah, John was, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, I know what you mean, but basically he's it was no well. It was it was just a complete and utter cock up, really. Just an yeah. absolute brain <laughs> brain freeze from most of the defence. Um, uh, yes, yeah, stupid situation to get in very very early on, and obviously gave him a, a great chance, which Rodriguez just smashed the penalty away. And uh, there were some comments uh, from from Ramsey earlier on on Homestead, which I probably need to go and get at some point because we need to discuss them. But um, he talked about Speroni's uh, record of penalties. I can recall him saving a couple. But uh, there's a bit of criticism from him. I know you're a big fan of Speroni, um, I am. Aaron. <laughs> um, how do you feel about him being criticised on his penalty saving technique? Um, he's saved a few. I do remember him saving back in, especially in the Premier League. I swear he saved one. But oh, really? I, I've had experience as a keeper, and it is very difficult with penalties. At the end of the day, you just can't make your mind up which way you're going to go. Mm. On yesterday's one, he did look a bit lively. He was giving the hands and gestures and whatever. He does get close, especially the uh, the one at Brighton. Uh, sorry, Brian came to us. He got very close, but mm. it just seems to be he doesn't make up his mind quick enough to which way he's going to go, and you just just think he's going to put it that way, and if not, it goes in. Yeah, well, I, th- I think that's that's the essence of of what uh, Ramsey's comments were really, and uh, the sort of suggestion really that um, he just seems to to just sort of do a little shimmy, collapse to the ground, and yeah, <laughs> do nothing. Sort of, I, th- I think it's almost as if he's. He's picked his direction, and he's not. But he's not going to dive until the ball's kicked. And as soon as he realises it's going the other way, he just sits sits down. Always, mm. always banking on him hitting it central. I don't know because a lot of lot of players do it at central, and yeah. swear that it goes in more often than not. But um, yeah, the suggestion that he, does, he needs to get pre-match intelligence from, from on the penalty takers where they play some more homework. Stuff. I'm sure. I'm sure he does that. I know pretty much all keepers do. Um, I, yeah, interesting. I, I, I don't really know. I think a lot of he's not the first person. Ramsey's not the first person to say that his um, that his penalty saving technique needs some work. I, I don't know. I, I I just think. I mean, he's such a good keeper. It's it's splitting hairs really to start to stop. You know, if a penalty's well hit, it doesn't matter who you got in goal. If a penalty's hit right, it's, it's, it goes in the net. In my opinion. So, mm-hmm. um, all right, that's that's covered that one. Fantastic. Um, so let's let's move on. Um, we really did struggle to get back into the game after con- um, conceding that that penalty. Uh, we we just looked 
it like, didn't look like we had any ideas, didn't get enough support up to Murray uh, for the rest of that first half, really. And um, So it was pretty downbeat. We got, got to half-time, and I thought to myself, you know, we're probably just going to probably just going to sort of eke out a loss here unless we can can change something quite dramatic but second half uh, came out and looked looked a much better team uh probably our best player in that first half was O'Keefe and he, he continued in the same vein but Wolf was starting to get some real um purchase on, on in terms of their uh, of winding their defenders up as much as they were winding him and and you know, he, he had the whole game. He was being kicked all over the place, and, and he, there was a. I noticed a, a degree of verbal intimidation as well. There was a lot of comments and little digs at him, you know, off, off the ball, which eventually led to his to his sending off. But before that happened, uh, there were a couple of good chances. Um, I think from from set plays. It's hard to remember, but uh, Paddy and Murray, I remember going close with some some sort of headers, and um, set pieces did look our best bet. Um, there was, you know, you kind of imagined well, whenever you've got Ambrose on the ball, it's, you know, it's going to be a good delivery more often than not. So I think I think we look, we look good. And, and Wilf was the one who won us the penalty. He did a little bit of a slalom run. Um, having seen it back, uh, he, he very like liking penalty, ben Burnley's penalty. And he said it in two. Burnley's penalty is one word. I was going to say penalty. Hmm. <laughs> What's going on there? <clears throat> anyway, so yeah, uh, not not a great deal of contact. Um, definitely definitely looking for it but i think the reaction from from himself and and from certainly ambrose uh going straight to wilf i think he felt vindicated i think he felt that the rough treatment that he'd received was he deserved uh, it, was, it yeah exactly it was, it was a fitting fitting result so uh unfortunately then that you know the crowd were on his back and and he'd obviously angered some of the bernie players and what have you and it, and it did it culminated in further rough treatment and the the crux of that was uh a coming together where it was really difficult to see from the stands because you sort of saw saw two people so you sort of saw him sorry you want to make a quick point aaron off you go no you, you can just carry on quickly all right i was gonna say yeah there was a bit of a coming together uh but i don't think that was where the initial um problem was and then you sort of saw, like tv cameras really you kind of follow the ball but you just heard, heard a noise from the burnley fans look back and you know, someone's rolling around on the floor like they've been shot, and he's just thinking, "Well, Get uh, out. you know." He, well, he did. That was the thing. He's sort of rolling around, then suddenly jumped to his feet and started remonstrating with the ref and remonstrating with Wilf. And I, I thought the card might be going the other way. And then, you know, you already saw that the linesman had clearly seen seen what was explained by Dougie as, as a sort of a trip on uh, Kieran Trippier's heels um, as as they were running back. Um, I I want to talk about that in a bit more detail, really. Um, get your guys' opinions on it. We've seen Wilf have a little bit of a, a, a you know, a temper on him, uh, and you, you don't wouldn't want to take any degree of aggression out of his game because I think it shows. It, well, it's the sort of mentality you need if you're a winner. So I'm not going to criticise him for that, really. But you know, there's a way to do these things, I guess. Um, certainly, I don't. I've said before on this show that I don't feel that there's anywhere near enough protection at all of Wilf Zaha, and I think Dougie said the same. Um, John, you you disappointed to see see him sent off for such a, a little thing? Do you think it, it's it's really just him to blame, and there's nothing else to be said? Uh it's it's a tough one, isn't it? I mean, it happens to any tricky winger like like Wilf gets kicked all over the park. To be honest, and that, that's just the way that English football is, and that's kind of why we love it. To be quite honest, and if they had a tricky winger, we'd want um, Par and Klein to be doing exactly the same. Mm. But um, he's just got to. The, the way he's going to get get back at them the most is by just 
they'll let them keep doing it and they'll keep accumulating the yellow cards. Yeah. And the and the free kicks and that's his way and then like when he wins a penalty, you know, that's his way of getting but he's just like you say, you don't want him to get over aggressive. I think there's a proper a problem managing him on the pitch. Mm. I mean, back in the days under under uh, Warnock when you had a couple of players you used to get really quite hit up about things. You'd have someone like Sean Derry be straight in a person, drag them straight away from the situation. Yeah, that's a fair point. But you... I, I've noticed we, we need someone like that. I think I think Jedinak's the man for that. Mm. He needs to be first one into Wilf, just take him away from the situation. All mm. it needs is those few seconds to click brain back in gear and it's fine. Mm. And I just think there's that lack of leadership and that lack of support for him and his temperament, which, okay shouldn't be there but it is and that's what makes him great yeah no i think it's a, it's a good point i think there's another side to that as well that um as much as big getting in there to get wilf away from the situation you you kind of need someone like i mean Derry used to chip in at the ref all the time when someone was getting a bit of treatment or mm. something like that i know he was very good with victor for that yeah um when he was there and that, that's the other side of it as well you need it's it's a horrible thing to see but i mean i'm I got really angry with it when the when Brighton last visited Sellers. They always had people in in the refs ear, but I do believe that you need a bit of that as well. When, not not just for the sake of it, but when I was getting over the place, for me that's it's an absolute must to have someone saying to the ref, "Look, you're going to keep letting this happen." Yeah, I'm not I saying don't see anyone happen. else who's in there who's in the middle of the park who can do it other than Jednak. Mm. I don't think Will's the person. Darren certainly isn't the person. I don't think that's just not his mentality. Yeah, well, I think he did. Was it against Peterborough? I think he he got very much got involved with, with a bit of treatment. Wilf was getting, but it's not. You're right. It's not his. It's not what you'd imagine a strength. They tend to play on opposite sides of the pitch. Yeah, exactly. Well, they do drift. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Sorry, sorry, Aaron. You did want to make a point a while ago. Yeah, with Wilf nowadays in football, we're seeing his attacking wingers being ganged up on several games. He's had two, maybe three men marking him. And especially when the game's not going Wilf's way, he does tend to lose mental focus. He does tend to get very annoyed because he's not in the game and he wants to be. That's his mentality. And sometimes it does come out in angerment. Peterborough was a fine example. I mean, honestly, it looked like he was going to turn around and hit that player. And again, it happened yesterday. He just seems to get very frustrated. And more does need to be done to protect him. And as John said, I think Yelenak will be the uh, a good man to help him out there because over the years we have had good player mentors. Sean Dare was mentioned with Victor. And Wilf does need that man. Mm. You used the word angerment there. That's a clip for the end of the season show. Angerment. Really? Angerment. Yeah. Good oh, stuff. Hell. <laughs> anyway, um, no, it's, it's a very good point you make. Um, I, I don't want to. Again, done as well too much because we come three minutes before we're supposed to technically end the show. But we'll we'll go on a bit. John, John, you need to go. I know, but we'll. Um, I just don't care. <laughs> I'm keeping the lines from the door. Just don't care. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, look, uh, we, we're going to lose him for, for I think three games. I don't think uh, I don't think he's had a ban. He had a yellow card type of ban. I don't think he had anything worse than that. So. Um, yeah, so we're going to lose him for for three games now, and we're talking about pushing for for playoffs. And I, I know we got a, an email from your uh, was it your boss, technically speaking, Nigel Palace Radio. I don't know. We've no, got, uh, he's, he's the T boy. Uh, yeah, yeah, sounds like it. <laughs> T boy. Um, interesting. Up, he says hi, folks. Interesting listening as always. Think the management have given up on the playoffs, but publicly you have to give the fans some glimmer of hope, some reason to turn up on a Saturday. 
Uh, bringing extra players in on loan now, blooding some youngsters, has actually given us a massive advantage for next season. It's like starting your pre-season for 2012-2013 now. Trial the loanies uh, in proper matches, hire the best, ditch the rest. And then you've still got the summer to complete your business. Next year could be very exciting. So, uh, we, we're, with that view on mine, he's, yeah, I think perhaps giving up on the playoffs might well have happened privately. But... Um, I mean that was really what I wanted to end, end the, the Burnley game sort of talking about really but we uh, managed to do that earlier on with, with Alan so but I do think I think it's the relevant point really is that for three games and he is our most important player at the moment in my opinion mm. uh, you can feel free to disagree um, <laughs> you know the thing is this is this has been for me the biggest point about Palace probably this season is that we've used Wilf as an attacking threat a lot and everything's gone through him. We probably overused him as an attacking threat and become a little bit predictable, even though Wilf is the least predictable player we have. Mm. But now, what? Do, but the thing is, when they do double up on him, we seem to run out of options. Yeah. yeah we need to develop a way of having another way of attacking other than just punting the ball up long to one man up front who has no support. Yeah. Um, you know, and if they're going to double Mark Wilf, there should be gaps elsewhere. Absolutely right, yeah. And and, and it, it's a good point, really. We have to find out in these next three games. It gives us a chance, really, to potentially look at, at another system. Um, see, Aaron's making the point that a fit Sean Scannell can, uh, can, can, can step in there. Um, I'm going to let you make uh, a point. That's a whole other point. But... Yeah, yeah, well, there, yeah, I know. He's, he's <laughs> Do you want to pick up on something that, uh, that Dave's emailed us in about? It says, uh, Hi, Homestead Radio. I wanted to tell you my mate noticed something that burned the game. So Trippier and Zaha share words in the first half, and that's exactly why Wilf reacted in the way he did for the sending off. Can't make excuses. Can't make excuses. Disappointing to lose him for three games, seeing as he's been doing well, well recently. Great show as always, Dave. Cheers, Dave. Um, you're, yeah, you're absolutely bang on. There was it wasn't wasn't just those two having words, but that that's what I'm talking about about the verbal intimidation that Wilf's been getting as well. There was uh, there was a lot of people in his face. Uh, it's not it's not how I like to see the game play, but. John made the point earlier on that you, you want, if in terms of skill, you know, Wilf's not going to be easy to handle for most defenders at championship level. So they've got to look at other ways of handling it. And if it was our our players, you would want them to handle position player as best they could. So if, exactly, if you look at when we had Clint Hill at left back, it was nothing better than seeing him smash the first winger who came down that <laughs> yeah. down our left hand Crunch. side. I can remember a, a time against Nottingham Forest when when Clint Hill took out I think it's Paul Anderson yes. who was uh, he's one of those players that he always seems to play well against us and he'd had a good sort of ten minute spell and then Clint just took him just smashed him out to the sidelines and he <laughs> went, and he was off that was him dealt with for the rest of the game so yeah you know uh, yeah he swings him round about really but uh, but I, you know I do feel. A little bit uh, like, uh, well, I certainly think that that I can understand why it happens, but I think referees have got to do something when you you know you want to be entertained, you want to see a good game of football, and, and when the the people out there who are going to entertain you most are getting kicked to death, it's just ridiculous. But I don't know. There we go. That's just my opinion on it. But um, there we there. Yeah. All right, <laughs> Aaron, did you want to make that point, or have we covered it? No, uh, no, you've covered it. All right, <laughs> you've forgotten, haven't you? You haven't covered it. No, no, you covered it. I haven't forgotten. <laughs> I was focused Good man. in the zone. All right, so listen, we got we got that we, where we left the Burnley review was uh, when Wilf got himself sent off. So in traditional Palace style, we were we were hanging on a bit. Um, did really really well. We're good at that. We're good at digging in for a result when we have to. Um, and certainly, 
certainly we, we you know it felt almost like a win at the end of that game. I was much happier with the second half performance and and the the attitude after we went went down to ten men. So yeah, it felt good. Felt good leaving the ground at the end and um, feel good. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so yeah, I mean happy times really. It was a good point in the at, at the end, and it cert- I think it was a game we we could have won. Uh, but certainly not one of those that I said should have. You, you know, it's a way, it's, it's at, at Turf Moor. Uh, there was a lot of riding on it for Burnley. It was a bit of an emotional occasion with the sad news of uh, of Eddie Howe's uh, mother passing. Um, I imagine there was probably some sort of silence that I observed, but I don't recall it. Um, or didn't observe. <laughs> or didn't. I, yeah. I would have observed. That was you. <laughs> Too drunk. I, I did tweet um, you know, a, me- a message of s- support, so I, I would assume I would have observed any silence. So. No, it was... Um, yeah, obviously that. So they they would have been up for the game, and they very much were. So it just just makes you wonder. Without that little aberration at the start of the game, where we we gave away the penalty, you know, you might do wonder what could have been. But Although we conceded early last season up there, didn't we? Mm. Mm, yeah, we did. Yeah, Lewis Price's fault, if I remember correctly. Yeah, well, you know, the blame game is, is quite harsh, but yeah, you're probably right there. But um, yeah, I just think I think again, we, we've we're showing that we, we've come a long way. That yeah, I mean, we've drawn. I think we've drawn five in a row away, and we've talked before. We have had too many draws at home. We're now in that situation where we've probably had too many away to to warrant any more than we've got. But that doesn't mean we shouldn't be happy with with what we've got. I suppose that's probably the way mm. to to say that. All right. Well, look, we're done with that. Um, see, we we move on to to playing Hull at the weekend. I don't really want to go into any major detail. There's not a great deal to talk about before a game has actually happened. It's going to be Hull on Earth. <laughs> it's going to be Hull. Hey. Uh, obviously, we played them earlier on this season. I believe we won that one 0 didn't we? Did we? Yeah, did yeah. But that yeah yeah. So um, that was that was a good game. That was Pearson was in charge of them at the time. Uh, Nicky Barmby's now in charge. Um, they've um, they've been pretty consistent since since those sort of times. They've you know picking up wins. They're a bit of a one nil slash one one draw um, type of side. Don't score huge numbers of goals. Don't concede huge numbers of goals. Um, so uh, yeah, I mean, on that basis, it's it's a it's at Solos Park. We've beaten them away. We'll be expecting to beat them at home, I guess. Um, not not much a change squad wise for them, I don't think. Um, no, I can't really recall any major major transfers there. I do recall Aaron McLean. Well, it does mean that Paul McShane will be unavailable, doesn't it? <coughs> that's nice. true. That is true. Yeah. yeah but with with Klein being back now, I don't suppose that's too much of an issue, really. Know, we've got to remember that Paul McShane is Lionel Messi's more talented <laughs> brother. <laughs> the, the ginger Messi, yeah. yeah. The ginger Messi. And more talented. Yeah, more talented. Better hair. Obviously. Yeah, yeah clearly. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, listen, let's uh, let's do a couple of predictions on how we, how we think that might go. Uh, Aaron? I'm going to go for a 2-0 Palace win. Mm, John? Palace, they're making one attack without Wilfair, and it will mm. score. Be a penalty. Yeah. Uh, in the true spirit of things, I'm going to go with a nil-nil draw. <laughs> <Typical>. <laughs> oh dear. Well, let's round up with um with the the uh, yeah, some of your correspondence. Hopefully, um, hope you've got some stuff on Twitter, John. I would expect. Uh, well, I did. I did have a question in from Mark Ross, but we covered it without having to mention him. So that was brilliant. So. Um, and we just got one from Alistair Brooks. I'm going to give us all a pat on the back. He says, great show, listening on the train. Keep up the good work. Yeah. Oh, at, at Palace, at Palace Radio? Palace Radio, we're amazing. At Homestead Radio, we're better. <laughs> hey. <laughs> we, can, uh, we can swear and Obviously, stuff. Obviously, it's a lie. Radio. What? 
<laughs> what are you we're just feeding me what no, I want to hear? We're, we're, we're rubbish it. on both stations. All right, okay, that's fine. That's fine. <laughs> Equally rubbish. There we go. Settle it with that. All right, um, we've got an email in uh, earlier on from from Jerry. First of all, yes, Jerry, you did win that at Wolf Saha T-shirt last week. Well done, mate. Uh, I've passed your details on to Terry at redandbluearmy.co.uk. That's redandbluearmy.co.uk. Nice. Uh, it's a great site. Great site. I'm waiting for my program now. That's that's who I won the pun competition for, yesterday, for yesterday's Burnley game. Do you want to reveal the pun that you won with? It was Palace Wonder Kid learns the hard way. <laughs> oh. it's, it's actually slightly fun every time you hear it um, epic yeah. winning yeah well done. <laughs> well done Charlie Sheen's proud <laughs> anyway so um, yeah Jerry says uh, hope you're well and full of red and blue great result at Turf Moor uh, displaying just how hard it is to beat us this season um, he's saying I trust I enjoyed it uh, enjoyed a journey to the far reaches of the northwest. I certainly did enjoy it I think that was the longest game uh, we, we've, we had left so in terms of an away trip so nice to get it out of the way um Jerry's uh, been suffering a little bit at the moment and hasn't been able to go out too much. So he said, um, basically, he's, uh, inve- as a result, he's invested in a one-month subscription to Palace Player uh, and listened to yesterday's game. And he's, uh, his re- review of it as such is that um, we proved difficult to beat and long may this continue. We can take our chances and score more goals. Um, but we'll be a, a potent force to be reckoned with next season. Uh, I do still feel we don't score enough goals to mount a sustained challenge for the land of milk and honey. Fair enough. I assume the milk honey. Assume that's what you get in the Premiership. <laughs> Obviously, but um, no, he's absolutely. What happened to oranges? Well, I don't know what did happen to oranges. What's League Two then? Sewage water. Molly coddled players. That's what happened to me. Oranges. <laughs> I used to get them. You know, when we played youth football, but yeah, those were the days. Oranges. Everything was in black and white then, though. Chris. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone walked really fast. That's harsh. <laughs> The ball was particularly heavy, I tell you. <laughs> Mate, it's still made from a pig's bladder. It smashes you in the back of the leg. Ouch. Hey, hey, I'm young. Um, <clears throat> anyway, so yeah, th- yeah that that would be, be the end of that. <laughs> Thanks very much for your email, Jerry. Sorry it got cut off at the end by the uh, mean insults in my direction. But great to hear from you. Um, and th- thanks for your kind comments at the end as well there. I won't read those out. It's a bit uh, self-aggrandizing, but... Yeah. Uh yeah, congratulations again on winning that uh, that t shirt last week from red and blue army dot go dot UK. I'm just amusing like... myself now. I don't know why I keep I don't I just Terry didn't ask me to do that. I just felt like doing it. I don't know. It's amusing me now. You just want one of those free wolf shirts, don't you? I don't, <laughs> I don't I'm think gonna he... see like Hambo rocking the wolf shirt out next week. We go, where do you have oh, I bought it? Mm. I actually um go, go Catching up, which I'm not even listening to you now. Catching up from uh, from on uh, some correspondence, Stuart actually messaged us about the commentary game earlier in the week. Uh, that's Stuart Stuart's Dodsworth. Uh, he said didn't make the game. Listened on Palace player. Coventry, what he would say is that Coventry in a similar position to us last season. Exactly what you said, John. You see, it's almost as if you knew. Uh, strong at home, poor away, always going to be tricky. We performed um, when we underperformed, but doing that, we still got another point, which is a sign of progress. We'd, we at that point we had equaled last season's points tally, and, and sat in twelfth place, which is a great achievement, building nicely for a motion, promotion push next season. Great summary, Stuart. Well done, mate. Um, yeah, don't need really to comment on that since we managed to cover that. Should have probably have read that after the commentary game review. Yeah, <clears throat> should have been the better idea. Yep, 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 yep. yep. Okay. Um, the last email I have here that I'm going to read is from Russ, who posts on Homestyle as Hubbo, I believe. 
I haven't read it through, so let's hope it's good. <laughs> uh, it says, hello, gents. I was listening to an interview earlier on, and it made me think about where we are now and the course in which we're heading. We're a club with history, uh, a club which, which, going after some, uh, sorry, which after some lean times employed a young Scottish manager to embark on a new longer-term plan, a club with a fan as a chairman who has the club at heart rather than being an ego-driven toy, a club which, apart from its local rivals, is generally not disliked or hated around the country, a club which lives within its means um, and co- knows it cannot risk it all by splashing the cash, despite some of its fans clamouring for more big signings. A club which tries to blood youngsters, a club which will never, probably never win the league in the future, will have the odd great cup run, but still has that this-could-be-our-season feeling each August. Uh, so a great summary, I have to say. Uh, of course, if you haven't got the interview, it was about Everton. <laughs> But it did uh, make me wonder if the Palace plan continues, we can in a few years be that middle to somewhat, sometimes challenging for the top 10 position. Premier League stalwarts, even Everton, who I've no great allegiance to, have their worrying seasons. But let's face it, they're seen as a big club nonetheless and always seem to pull through. I think we can get there, but we must have patience and there will be blips along the way. Stick with it, CPFC 2010 and Dougie. Come on the Palace. Cheers, boys. Russ. Um, so, guys, do you see it as a, a likely scenario in, in a few years' time? We're making progress now, but can we can we occupy a similar position in terms of club size and stature as someone like Everton? John? Well, so it's, it's, it's a big ask. Um, and to be honest, a lot of things would have to go right for us. But you know what? That is the kind of optimism that being a Palace fan is based on. <laughs> So, so yes, it absolutely will happen. <laughs> Fantastic. Yes, um, Aaron. I mean, you're a, you're a younger supporter. You're younger than John, and you're much younger than me. Um, yeah, by so, a mile. Yeah, you're all right. Um, so <laughs> they called them yards back then. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 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 uh, so um, on that basis, you would have, uh, you know, you're probably not steeped in reality of the reality of being a Palace fan as much as I am. Um, so is, do you, does that sound realistic to you? It does. Uh, since I've been a Palace fan, it's been up and down like a bloody yo-yo. But um, I'll give it a couple more years and I could see us making it. I don't think we'll be an, an Everton as such, but a, mid, a mid-table West Brom Stoke City kind of team who does things their own way. Mm. Come on the Palace! <laughs> is that an instruction? No, I better not say that. Um, <laughs> now... What, yeah, Ooh, Ross says, sorry I'm late on tune. This is on Facebook, by the way. I'm just catching up with some other stuff. Um, sorry I'm late tuning in. Nah, all right then. This was 42 minutes ago, so you probably, uh, <laughs> probably just, <laughs> probably just joined just as the things crashed, so I can blame you for that. Um, he says, please give a shout out to the Aussie crew from Palace Guard. Well, that is a sort of a shout out I've just done there, isn't it? John, you're a yeah. professional radio presenter. Was that a shout out? Uh, it was. It wasn't anything as cheesy as that. But I love the Aussie crew and mm. their random Skyping of me at some point <laughs> at the end of last year. I it, remember. Oh, yeah. It was odd. <laughs> but I, I love you all. Bless. Okay, oh. that was uh, that was one message there. I think there's another one. You'll just have to bear with me while I find it. And that's Ramsey. It's it's with you. It says, please post the podcast up as soon as possible. I missed the show tonight. Well, we're still going. Nah, fair enough, mate. Um, podcast should be out at the end of the show. We've had a few people ask that question. Um, I like to leave it a day, but um, but I'm, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll try and do That's it. Just being lazy. Well, it just means we can't we can't record a, our special podcast intro and outro that we've been doing because it's too complicated. Well, maybe we can. I don't know. We missed anyway. the Football League Awards tonight, peeps. Yeah, apparently. So that's the oh, final word on that. Really, um, we've got four. 
uh, four people nominated, I think. Yep. Doug, Dougie as manager. We've got Wilf Zaha as is it young player of the like young player, yeah, young player of the year. We've got uh, Johnny Williams as apprentice of the year, um, and Ambrose for goal of the year. Ambrose. Um, I think that the the, um, the manager one's quite tightly contested. There's some very good candidates in there. Is is Brian McDermott in there? Probably. Yeah, he should be. In my opinion, he should win that. That's sacrilege, I know, because Dougie's done an amazing job. But I just I hate you. Chris. Yeah, fair dues. <laughs> uh, well, there's no one better as a young in, at this level in the football league than Wolves are heart, in my opinion. He's <laughs> <laughs> amazing. He is amazing. I love Dougie, of course. And but I just yeah. Anyway, that's I just I'm trying to add some balance. Uh, anyway, <laughs> I don't see a better goal than Darren Ambrose's either. Every time I watch it, it's further out and moves more times. It's genius. Well, it's one uh, goal that has its own chant. That's incredible. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, I've, honestly, I can still watch that goal and knock tire of it just over and over again. Genius. Uh, I've got to say, I did watch it a few times on YouTube last night. Yeah. It's yeah, sad. Yeah. I've still gone Sky Plus. <laughs> I still, uh, the memory of seeing that going at Old Trafford as well was just. I, I, it's, obviously there was a lot of jumping around and all that sort of stuff during the game anyway but it's one of those moments where I just had not to, for Ben Abel's shirt off and running around that <laughs> side with it I was just I was just happened to be positioned sort of direct, almost directly behind the flight of the ball and I, so I, I think you angered him and he just tried to hit it with your face <laughs> no, he, the he other, saw you and tried to hit you Chris he was shooting <laughs> the other direction and he, he was yeah it wasn't that <laughs> you know what I mean? It's, it was just one of those. It just I seemed to just it was almost kind of this like tunnel vision as you saw it happen. Uh, you know the same thing that happened with people screaming that Wilf hadn't attacked them on the outside and played the ball into Ambrose, and then your eyes sort of widened as he hit it and just top ball. Good thing he didn't miss; it would have hit you then. Yeah. Uh. Now, um, Johnny Williams, apprentice of the year. We've seen him. I think he's made thirteen appearances this season. I can't, I can't, I should really have done some research on this. Um, I know he's done, scored a goal and got about six assists in those games. Uh, and I'm not sure in terms of results, I think they've all been, I don't know if he's tasted defeat in a Palace team. Yeah, I guess he probably has, but, you know, whatever happened, he's, he's been sensational and he brought the, the best out of Glenn Murray as well. Uh, I, I don't know if getting that injury will, will hinder his, um, chances of winning that, but if you look, if you look at the nominations, again, you don't never know I too think much. It will. Yeah. I think he, he he only really got a chance to break in onto the scene. I think if he hadn't had that injury, I think to be honest, out of the players up for it, I think he's probably the best player and's got the most potential. But I think the injury, you can't give him the award when he hasn't played half the season. Yeah, I suppose. Mm. But then you got to look at the people he's playing um, playing with, if you like. Uh, sorry, playing. He's in the competition against. Uh, see how many games they've actually played. You never know. Um, uh, I'm just trying to see. There's some results being announced by CPFC 2010 at the moment on through via the medium of Wi-Fi, but I think that um, we didn't get we didn't get fan of the season. No, that went to Plymouth Argyle Sue Pollard apparently. <laughs> was it her? Sue Pollard. Um, and family club of the year was Portsmouth. Um, yeah, the Tokyo Marine Family Club of the Year. Is oh. that going to be like? Is something like the Lifetime Achievement Award? People, yeah. you know, you're going to cl- you know they're, they're not going to be there in a couple of weeks. Yeah. So, so at the moment, there's no results on uh, on anything else. So we'll um, looks like we'll have to go off air without being able to tell you if anyone's won. That's a oh shit, no, isn't it? what? Bank.com apprentice of the for League Two is Nick Powell of Crew Alexandra. Oh, yeah, the, yeah! You, you sounded, I don't know who he is. Sounded more excited than I feel you should have been for that. I think you've misled <laughs> me and our listeners. Um, <sighs> all right, well, that's a brilliant way to end the show. Thanks, John. On a 
Landed on a high there. Yes. Quite easy. <laughs> You're Nick Powell of Crew Alexandra. Sign him up. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Well, look, thank you to everyone for listening. Thank you to my uh, two co-presenters for co-presenting. Uh, thank you to everyone who corresponded with us today. Uh, and to Mikey, who's now gone, but he's left me with a link to be in charge of his computer so I can still press buttons so things like this can happen. I just f***ing love Doctor Who. And, um, yeah. And scraping. And also, Freaking, yeah, I've yes. now got access to all of his uh, private uh, information on his computer. So he's, he's, I'm going uh, uh, to go away and deal with some of that um, for my own amusement. Um, but nothing really else to say other than, um, as I stall for wondering what button I need to press next. What button do I need to press next? Um, uh, I think it's that button. Um, thanks very much. Uh, goodbye. Oh, Bye. Bye. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.